You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcast Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at whatisthepodcastmatrix.com. When you hear the words, Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. George Michael was right. You gotta have faith. Or do you? The wonder of those afflicted with a medical condition, circumstances beyond their control, and more, is a story as old as time itself. The only thing older than those with medical afflictions that aren't healed, because they're dead, are the people that feign to have the power to heal them. Inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, we meet one of these people who wield power, but not through their own body, but by the Zvorza glove. A glove that extracts sickness and death, but then must be transferred to someone else who will die via the transference. It's another cursed artifact to be recovered and dialogued inside the Curious Goods podcast. A retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of Friday the 13th, the series. Season 1, Episode 12, Faith Healer. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Some quick housekeeping. I am legend. You're familiar with this story or not? I'm extremely familiar with the story. I love the book. Yeah, well, I know we've got a bunch of fans that love not only the book, but also the subsequent movies based on the book. And there have been a lot. There have been a lot. In fact, we're going to be doing another Versus Machine episode. We'll be taking one original media and comparing and contrasting it with another one, i.e. versus each other, inside of a Versus Machine episode that we'll be focusing on I Am Legend versus... Will Smith's I Am Legend. Legend. Right. And I want all of you to make sure you go check out the Versus Machine podcast now to check out all of the other great episodes of that show that really do convey a bunch of education that will really give you some insight in regard to the books and then, traditionally, the movies that are then based on those original works. That's VersusMachine.com. This is a very interesting story, one which you can watch via the link over at our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. But if you haven't taken the time to do that, do not worry. We got Strap you covered. In. Yeah, we've got you covered with the retelling of Friday the 13th, the series, Season 1, Episode 12, Faith Healer. The forlorn and handicapped are in an auditorium makeshift church. 
a man in a wheelchair is brought center stage. A sad tale of loneliness, failed medicine, and cataracts that can't be culled. The man is blind, and eventually he sees nothing. A man preaching faith, hope, and healing proceeds to stand next to him, but not this time. It's all a sham. A complete sham. Because, a, a, a big old sham. Yeah. Another guy comes forward and immediately finds that inside the eyes of the blind man, quote unquote. It's contact lenses. Contact lenses. There are no him, cataracts. Right. And so it is a sham. The healer named Stuart scampers from the room. As he reaches outside into the alley, he stumbles and finds a white glove that looks not unlike an elongated Mickey Mouse glove. Just sitting there in the trash, he stumbled into this ditch inside this dirty alley, and for one reason or another, this pristine white glove calls to him. He slowly reaches out, places the glove on his hand, and you can actually see the elation in him because he knows there's something special about this glove. He doesn't know what it is, but he knows there's something special. But he can't enjoy the elation for long, for he's whacked in the back of the head with a cane by one of the people he's cheated with his bamboozling of being a true healer. Yeah, and she gives him the wertifors. Oh, yes. with Not only with the cane that she bashes him about <laughs> yes. the head and shoulders with, but also with the incredible makeup that's done to make her look incredibly grisly. Yeah, she is cut. It seems Super that her face, grisly. her eyes, her mouth, everywhere on her, on her head seems to be covered in tumors. Right, right. Knowing that there's something special about this glove, he reaches out and puts the palm of the glove on her forehead. She kind of jerks to and fro. She shakes, she shimmies, she bends down, and when she gets back up, fully healed. Completely healed. Face is normal as can be. Absolutely. What isn't normal as can be, however, is the glove, which has transferred the sickness from the woman yes. into the glove, but then also to the hand that wields it. Yes, the glove is covered in tumors, and underneath the glove, Stuart pulls, tries to take it off, but his hand is falling apart inside it. And so he continues stumbling down this elongated alley that looks incredibly familiar because it's been in just about every episode it's of this the same program. alley we probably used in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But he continues stumbling down the alley. He starts to double over in pain. And is noticed by an unfortunate beat cop. Local law enforcement I intervenes. I say unfortunate because he's doing his job. To say, hey, buddy, you all right? What's the matter, buddy? Let me help you, buddy. And Stuart reaches out with the gloved hand and touches the police officer's face, transferring the sickness to the police officer, which kills him outright. Right. He's now covered in, he's, he's, he's so covered in tumors He's dead. Yeah. But Stuart, completely fine. Yeah. And walks away to live and heal another, another day. day. Six months later, Ryan and Mickey are videotaping an on-camera faith healer. Hmm. It's the man, Stuart, that was previously inside the alley, who then showcases the glove on screen. Jack arrives and showers Ryan, Mickey, and the audience with knowledge about the Zvorza glove. It's decided that they need to break into the place where the faith healer is and steal the glove back to put into the vault for safekeeping. Unfortunately, Jack usually being, you know, man of action <laughs> and usually gets away with, with everything that he does, uh, he is escorted out rather roughly 
by two large men. Goons. Who were, goons, yes. Goons who work for the faith healer and is uh, tossed to the curb. Uh, and he's not really hurt, but they have broken his lock-picking devices. Yeah, which... That really is a poor way to go out. I mean, like, if you really want to do a man harm, you twist out all of his lock-picking tools it's, outright. It's kind of it's kind of petty, really, <laughs> when you think about it, on those two goons. But anyway, Jack leaves Mickey and Ryan to, to watch over the place to see where the faith healer decides to go afterwards. Luckily for them, while hanging out on a fire escape, they notice Stuart just wandering through an alley all by himself. You would think he would have an entourage, but no. This faith healer likes to roll solo. Right. What Mickey and Ryan don't know is that Stuart is looking for another victim. To transfer the sickness yes. of the collected sickness. Because he's he's healed he's healed somebody, and now he has to get rid of that sickness yeah. or else it will Receptical. destroy him. Right. And unfortunately there's a there's a woman who uh, loses her poodle yeah. in the alleyway. And, and thankfully, the helpful Stuart grabs the leash with right. his foot. Thereby getting the poodle for the the kind lady. Did you lose your yeah, poodle? Yeah, and as he walks up to her, he then transfers the cancer onto her and she dies. Jack, Mickey, and Ryan go back to the shop to deduce what might be happening and what plan will foster them being able to finally get the glove back. Jack utilizes his incredible networking skills to contact a peculiar friend, a familiar friend named Jerry, who... <gasps> was the original debunker man from the beginning of this episode. Yes. Jerry lives on a ship. Not a boat, but, I mean, it's an actual ship at the shipyards. And Jerry's entire life has been spent tracking down faith healers and debunking them. His relationship with Jack has always been an interesting one because Jack does believe in the supernatural, while Jerry believes in straight-up science. Jack tries to convince Jerry, who's already debunked Stuart and has no reason to try to do it again. Jack tries to convince Jerry to go after him because, yes, Stuart is a fraud, but he has a device, an item, a glove that does allow for healing. Right. The bottom line is that while he visits Jerry, he proves that, in fact, there are cursed objects that do exist and will heal the sick. Unbeknownst to us yet, but we realize Jerry is desperate enough to cling at these straws. So he goes back to Stuart and arranges, Hey, okay, you say that you're legit now. I'm going to give you somebody to heal. If you can heal them and it's it's all on the up and up, I'll never bother you again. But if it's fake, I'm going to destroy you. Completely, I'll break you and there's no way you're ever going to be put back together again absolutely and as jerry is visiting with stewart conveying all the factoids and wertifors of if you do this then i will blah he tells stewart that he will bring someone with terminal cancer the problem jerry is the one that has incurable cancer yes jerry reveals to jack that he is his chest is covered in in vicious vicious tumors and tells jack i'm sorry but If this is true, if I can be healed, I have to take this because I'm dying. I will die soon. Jack pleads with Jerry because somebody has to die for you to be healed. Don't you understand that? There's a price to pay. There's always a price to pay. Always a price to pay. And Jerry is at the point to where he just really doesn't care. It's all about him. He does not want to die. So he actually ties Jack up and and locks Jack up in a closet. (laughs) Hardcore. Hardcore, too, is like this super thick white rope hog tying. 
Anyway, Stuart finally arrives at the ship to visit with Jerry. Stuart arrives in his kick-ass Cadillac to find Jerry, who wonders exactly where the glove is. Show me the glove. Show me the glove. You gotta heal me. Meanwhile, over at the Curious Good Shop, Ryan and Mickey contemplate a visit to Jerry's ship. Except, however, well, they don't have a car now because Jack took the car. Jack took the car. They're worried. It's been a long time. Something must have gone wrong. They must find a way to get to that ship. Right, right. Cut back to said ship. Stuart is now in a position of power. He lords that over Jerry, knowing that he can heal Jerry. But Jerry has caused him so much pain and suffering and financial loss over the years that he makes Jerry grovel at his feet, yet still... On his knees. On, on, on his knees. Yeah. Scream to the heavens that he believes that he has faith, but still does not heal him. Right. Well, he, he actually puts his gloveless hand on his forehead. Yes. And Jerry wonders, when is all the awesome going to ensue? And the awesome doesn't ensue. Doesn't ensue, because I'm <laughs> going to mess with you. No, is he going to mess with me. He literally says, why am I not healed? And he goes, you know what? Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Maybe next time, right. Jerry then brandishes a firearm and threatens to kill Stuart if he doesn't heal him immediately. And fires a warning shot to prove that he's serious. Not only is it a warning shot, Stuart's driver shows up when he kills Stuart's driver with the pistol. Stuart runs away from all of this, and Jerry puts a bullet in his back. Right, in his back squarely where there should not be a bullet hole. No, no. <laughs> I mean, like, really... Uh, and it goes straight through, too. I yeah. Mean, it went right in the back and in the front, so, I mean, he's bleeding out. He's it, in his car, yeah. and he's bleeding out. It's tremendous. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful scene. He gets in the car, guns the engine. So with his left hand, Stuart is trying to drive while he's holding his wound with his right hand. The hand that has the gloves. Right. He crashes and realizes, I've healed myself, because there now is a bullet hole straight through the glove and the hand. Jerry, hot on his trail, because Stuart didn't really drive that far on the dock. (laughs) Before he crashed, right. Before he crashes. Jerry reaches the car just in time to see Stuart pleading for help. But then there's a hail of gunfire. Jerry takes the glove because of course there's nothing stopping him nope. from taking the glove. Jerry returns to the ship and decides, well, I need a body. Looks like you're going to do my good buddy Jack. <laughs> and prepares to transfer the killy killing onto Jack, who then smacks the glove back to Jerry's face, who is then killed by wonderful special effects. Yes, to triple which, tumored. Right, to which Jerry exclaims, Pray for me, Jack. And he will. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. And th- that's I think where- Jack's I think Jack's a little bitter. <laughs> because Jerry is dead, the item is now recovered. This was a wonderful episode of Friday the thirteenth the series, directed by David Cronenberg, a giant inside of horror legend. Yes. And and very well known Canadian. Oh, Canadian, thank God! Canadian horror hey. legend who awesome. who awesome. is known for he's known his 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 type of horror is body horror. 
uh, d where disease and things like that is concerned. One film uh, that uh, you may be familiar with, uh, The Fly, starring Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay. That's David Cronenberg. Oh, very nice. Well, that matches up very well then. Yes, I totally yes, get it. That yes. makes a lot of sense. In any case, inside of every episode of Friday the 13th, the series, there are awesome bits and pieces and then some that need polish. Let's go over the good parts. The practical special effects. Nick and I love to talk about special effects, but more importantly, special practical effects. Yes. And we love it when stories will drift towards and utilize practical special effects that are almost, in every case, way more viable and believable inside of especially a program like this one. I believe that there was a time where films were, I don't want to say better, but better off with the practical effects, especially in horror. For me, anything before, let's say, the 90s where practical effects were concerned for horror movies, that was the time. Yeah. Because... The storytelling is fostered by practical special effects. Right, right. And vice where versa. I think, they're, I think they're derailed with intense, detailed digital effects. Well, think about it. Nowadays, with digital effects, you can do anything. There's no problem solving. If you're on a set and you're trying to do an effect... And it doesn't quite work. I'll fix it in post. But I'm saying back then it was, okay, we have to change something here. We have to be more creative to make this effect work with the story that we are telling. So that means either augmenting the story slightly or coming up with a better effect. And it made, for me, it made filmmakers and special effects artists think on their feet and mm -hmm. have to problem solve instead of, well, I'm going to write whatever I want because I can create whatever I want. Yeah, I agree. I agree. For me, I'm I'm a little uh, I'm a little jaded when it comes to effects. That being said, this was um, a tour de force. Oh yeah, and and sometimes it was hard to watch mm -hmm. because they were so gruesome. But these effects, Gr grotesque, grotesque, yeah. and and again, it's what Cronenberg is known for. He makes you uncomfortable. If you if you can watch a Cron if something Cronenberg has done and not go not feel just a little bit eh, eh, like yeah Ugh. skin's crawling right. right if you can do more power to you but I can't yeah I can't either uh, and I, I I can bear a lot of stuff hmm. like this but th there's many times even in this episode filmed thirty years ago yeah. that are, are grotesquely uncomfortable yeah. the ability to not fill the silence. And we always talk about the attention span of a modern-day film-goer, yeah. especially ones that are, unfortunately, younger, that just can't possibly look at something that maybe it's just a dramatic stare or a contemplation of a character doing something where there's no dialogue, there's no music, mm. there's no moving camera. The moving camera ones are the ones that kill me. The late 90s with Michael Bay and the Armageddon film and a bunch of other things like that, where there was not one scene where the camera is just static. Yeah. There always has to be this sweeping, panning, arm, Well, remember boom, the 90s camera, also introduced blah. that whole handheld, pushed handheld into the forefront to be mixed in with live action yeah. to make it feel more real. Guess what? I'm watching a movie about a giant asteroid about to hit the Earth, and the only people who can save us are a bunch of roughneck oil drillers yeah. led by Bruce Willis. Okay, I don't need realism. Yeah. Realism was thrown out, out the door the as soon as Bruce... It, it's a giant team of, asteroid Earth saving, period. And it's Bruce Willis... <laughs> 
Ben Affleck and and all of his other entourage, <laughs> entourage right. they're gonna save the day. Okay, I've suspended dis I've suspended belief on this whole thing. I just want to have fun. You don't need to make it me believe that it's more realistic right. than it is. Right. Uh, anyway, the, the the gist is that inside of this episode and I, really a lot of this series, there's a lot of this mm. where they're not afraid to just have a scene where it's quiet. In many cases, especially with Jerry inside of this, the man does not speak quickly. You and I speak yeah. reasonably quickly. No. This this man is an incredibly slow cadence as he speaks. Mm -hmm. His delivery is much more sedate yeah. than anything that you and I traditionally get into like ever. And that they're able to do that, have no music behind it, have nothing else happening on screen, no swelling up violins in the background for mm -hmm. power and effect and not moving the camera. It's just a static shot. I really enjoy that they're able to use that probably a dozen times in this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in particular, in the alley, there are almost uncomfortable spans of time that today would probably looked at and go, man, why are they wasting so much time here? Yeah. And the answer is because it's a piece of drama. Uh -huh. uh, I've always been a fan of this series, not because it it lilts into horror, but because it is absolute drama that spins way more into the more the cinema fantastique, the the Twilight Zone, the all of those style episodes. Right. This falls squarely into that way more than it does it spills into horror. The twisty tourney of Jerry's storyline. I'm telling you, I want all movies, I want all television shows to take a note from this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, season one, episode 12, Faith Healer. Because inside of this, out of nowhere left field, that totally makes sense, there is a story change. And we went over it inside of this. Mm -hmm, yeah. It's the portion where you think that what's going to happen to Jerry is Jerry's going to get close enough to Stuart, and then Stuart's going to transfer the gunshot effect that essentially Jerry shot him with onto Jerry, and yeah. Jerry will be dead, ha-ha, and then Jack will fly in and save the day. Well, none of that happens. No. In fact, Stuart gets riddled with bullets out of nowhere, complete left field. Yeah, this is, this is one of those times where we've actually got two antagonists. And one of them is the best friend of Jack. Right, right. One, Amazing. One starts off as, you know, an ally, and then halfway through, we're all of a sudden, holy, holy crap, we got another bad guy yeah. here. Yeah, And then to, then when you when you really think about it, where motive is concerned, Stuart, Stuart just wants money. Yeah. He wants money, power, fame, blah, blah, blah. They're the same shtick, all greed. Greed. It's greed. It's, greed. it's, it's, it's a giant swath greed. of greed, period. And power. Jerry wants to live. Right. Which, and even though- Stuart has killed numerous people, and it's been six months since he has the glove. He's probably killed a lot of people mm -hmm. to get to the point where he is to have, you know, muscly entourage people, bouncer guys just tossing people who are trying and to the break Cadillac, in. And, and the Cadillac. And the Cadillac. So and, yeah. think of all the murder that he's done, and then compare it to a man who, I don't care what I have to do, I'm going to live, even if it means I have to kill my one of my close friends, one of my oldest friends. To me, that's that's colder than just some greedy guy who's just going to kill indiscriminately mm -hmm. to get what he wants. Right. Well, it really does hit point the home that Jack hit instantaneously when he was talking to Jerry originally about it, this when when he says that there is a price. 
And it's also one of the things that I appreciate about this series, because every single time we're introduced to another cursed good, Mm. we know that there is a power of whatever the artifact slash antique, whatever it does, but then incorporated with whatever it does, there is a price either to the wielder or someone around them. And it's something that they emphasize inside of every single episode, and I'm very appreciative of it. Yeah. The production design. This might just be something where we need to make a piece of every episode <laughs> to go kind of thumbs up or down on it. Because right. there's been a couple of episodes where we were like, hmm, okay, so someone had a coupon for the local Y <laughs> and they were able to pull off an episode. Right. But not many. The vast majority of them have been excellent where they, they seek out places that are outside of a studio environment or at least look like they're outside of a studio environment. Or at least they're outside. Yeah. You know, in this one, a lot of the outside shots, you can see people, their breath. Mm -hmm. So you know that they're actually outside, not in a studio somewhere. Yeah, and it's actually a piece of, we didn't talk about that, but each of the first couple of times that Stuart uses the glove, one of the particular after effects that is used is that he can see his breath after the the, uh, delivery of the transference is done. He intentionally breathes hard and you can see his breath inside of each of those yeah, times. Yeah. It's very well done. It, it, again, it adds to the, this is not right. There's something strange that's going on here. Ness mm-hmm. of it all. Anyway, the production design in, inside of this is stellar. Uh, everything from the lighting that is done, especially inside of the alleyways, the fire escape area, I thought yeah, it was immaculate. Yeah. It really makes me just wish that the transfer inside of the DVD set that we have from the original CBS broadcast was something of higher quality yeah. because it really would be deserving of it. If CBS ever revisits something like this, I would love to see a higher quality transfer. I'd love to see this on Blu-ray rather than just DVD. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It's, it, it's really, really good. We've talked a lot of the positives inside of this episode. We're wondering what you found positive inside of this episode. Remember, if you haven't yet seen the episode, we've kind of spoiled the whole thing for you. But you can go and watch it also via the link that we have on our website, included inside the show notes over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com, where we want you to tell us what you thought was positive about this episode Just as there are many parts that are good, there are also pieces that need polish. Inside of this episode, we have... Jack's inability to front kick and or be spry when in peril. Inside this episode, when Jack, who has, um, well, no, not so amazingly, the man is a magic man. He is able to free himself from the bonds of super kick-ass Navy rope and being locked in a closet. So yeah. when Jerry returns back, he's just kind of standing there waiting for him to get there. Probably waiting to talk to, to some reason into him because that's just the way he rolls. And instead of being able to talk reason to him, there was never any reason planned. The re- the plan of Jerry was to come back there and infect Jack Perry Paragraph oh, yeah. and dispose yeah. of his body. So when he gets back, he's got the infected glove that he's trying to then transfer onto Jack so that Jack will take on the tumors. And then he now has the glove to do whatever he wants to. But then more importantly, he doesn't have any more cancer. Right. right. Well, Jack's inability to escape or or beat on or something to Jerry when he is an older man anyway. And just physically, even after, even after the transference, he's not, he's not doing cartwheels or anything. No. It doesn't make him 20 years old again. It just takes the cancer away or 
like just be spry enough to you know shove him out of the way and in previous up episodes, the or in previous episodes, Jack has seemed to be able to take care of himself a little bit more. I write this off as more of a Jack is still in shock. Like my friend, I have known this man the majority of my life. I mean, think about it. If, if they were in the Navy together, then it was probably right out of high school. So you're looking the majority of Jack's life. They've known each other. Mm-hmm. And this man's going to kill me. He wants he wants me to die. He wants me to die horribly. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was more of a still dealing with the shock of, wow, this is really happening. My fight or flight response <laughs> is a little bit stalled right now. I, I, I don't know. I, it didn't. It didn't ruin the episode for me, but it, it is noticeable that Jack didn't search for something yeah. to just toss at Jerry to, to try to get him away from him. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that, too, because you always just wonder, well, why can't the person run away from insert threat? And inside the previous episode, episode 11 of our podcast, we talk about that episode, Scarecrow. And inside of there, the Scarecrow just bamps in front of you no yeah, matter where you are. And I'm, just, I'm fine with that. And, and, that's, that's why okay. you can't run. Right. And yeah. I love that. I, I think that that's, that's a, it's an incredible positive that we did not mention inside that episode also that I wish we had. Mm, but yeah, I, I, uh, that kind of harkens back again to these 80s movies where there is lumbering Umber Hulk that's chasing, insert, what, 18, 20-year-old girl <laughs> boy. Right. That can you know run a super quick sprint, but can't possibly outrun the the lumbering hulking whatever. Nah, I I, I don't care for that. I I don't mind it when they can just magically now be in front of you because it's a piece of the disbelief that you have to take, and yeah. I'm fine with that. Anyway, I would have liked to have seen something different where Jack's inability to either front kick him or be spry or something would have happened. We didn't get that. Recycled concepts. Now, this ding, you wouldn't think that I would uh, nitpick about certain things, but, and this doesn't really take away from the quality of this episode. I just wanted to point out, here we are, we're 12 episodes in, and in this episode, not only do we have an episode that the cursed object is a glove, which we've already had, they were boxing gloves, of course, but still a glove. And it's the transference of life to death. It, it, it's still a transference, even though it's taking sickness from one person and putting it in another. It's very similar to what the scalpel did in Dr. Jack. Mm. You know, you have to kill somebody for you to be able to operate with without, you know, and, and being able to save somebody's life that you shouldn't be able to save. I mention this simply because we are... 12 episodes in and we're kind of already recycling objects and abilities of objects but it by no means diminishes the quality of this episode if anything in fact this is a better episode where the the transference of the the concept is done better here than it was in dr jack honestly Mm -hmm. but uh again i just wanted to point that out to everybody for my Nick pick. I think that you're pointing that out because you hate this series, and we're going to stop. I, I totally thanks hate everybody this for coming. Have yeah, a great this night. is the last episode. <laughs> Screw you. I, I think that that's well said. The, the bottom line is, if we look at all of the artifacts, and I, I'm absolutely certain that someplace online there is a growing library that details all of the artifacts slash items that are featured inside this series. Somewhere. Probably, yeah, might be. And and inside of it, there's going to be some drift. 
where, again, the scalpel can equate to many of the things that were done with and for, for a show that's on for three seasons, I'm not surprised. But when you, we already get the drift halfway through the first season, something to keep an eye out for. Fair enough. Those are just some of our suggestions on things that could be improved for this episode. But we want to know what you thought. What are the things that you think that could have been done just a little bit better? Let us know by going over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click on the right-hand side, fill out the contact form, and let us know what you think could have been improved during this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. The hunt is still on for the growing number of enchanted items. Return immediately to help us complete the journey. Right after these messages... Make your podcast soar with the Editor Corps. Editing podcasts can be, ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Corps. The Editor Corps is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the voice box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. And now, back to the Curious Goods Podcast. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of Friday the 13th, the series, Season 1, Episode 12, Faith Healer. Every time we come back from break, it's time to break out our curious goods. A curious good can be an actress portrayal, something that we see on screen, or something else that trips our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what have you got for this episode? My curious good for this episode has got to be hands down the practical effects. Mm. Just I could gush about them for an entire <laughs> hour if I really wanted to, but 
you got places to be. I got places to be. Our listeners got places to be. So literally, I'm just going to keep it to that. The practical effects are stellar. And this is the 12th episode. I have not seen effects that have topped this. This is probably, this is the pinnacle right here, folks. These have been the best gore effects on this show. And I'm not saying this show needs gore effects in every episode. But for an episode that deals with disease and the transferring of disease, and not only when they're transferred, they're amplified, so it's even worse. Mm-hmm. I, hands down, just there's 100% A+, plus, big check marks all, all around. I would love to talk to the folks that came up with the makeup effects for this episode because they did a stellar job, and that is my curious good. I think that's a great one. I was originally going to go with the twisty turnies that we've already talked about inside of a positive. But I think I'm going to back up a little bit, kind of in the same vein, focus on something else inside the storytelling. The ability to take Jerry, who not only is a character in the story, but a good guy, and by the end of the episode, make him the main antagonist. The bad guy, yeah. Uh, That's huge. It's it's giant. It, it, It isn't emulated often especially inside of one episode. You mm-hmm. might have something where somebody in a series, somebody starts off as someone that is fostering and helping and may even have been a previous enemy, but then eventually turns bad. You've seen that all oh, day long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you have almost never seen is the 25, 35, 45-year friend that then becomes your absolute enemy, not only that they don't like you anymore, but that they're going to kill you. I love that. I, mm-hmm. I think that that's a really endearing piece of this episode, and that's my Curious Good. We're wondering what your Curious Good was inside this episode. Let us know by going over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side of the page, fill out that quick web form, and tell us what your Curious Good was. Vocabulary. Thanks to our very special friends over at VisualThesaurus.com, we've got a couple of superb Vocabulary words for this episode. Forlorn. Originally, when I came up with this word, it was something to fill in a piece of the retelling that we were going to do, referring to all of the people that are showcased inside of that original auditorium slash makeshift sanctuary, church, whatever it was. Right. Just out of the blue came the word forlorn from Mike's memory someplace. And so I thought I would include that inside of the vocabulary inside this episode. It's defined as two things. They're both used as adjectives. The first one is marked by or showing hopelessness. The second one is without hope because there seems to be no possibility of comfort or success. Mm. And so I like that a lot. It's also a very strange word, the word forlorn, F-O-R-L-O-R-N. And then our second vocabulary word, again, our thanks to the people over at visualthesaurus.com, is transfer Transfer is a very interesting word. When I went looking for vocabulary words, I wanted to try and find something that I knew I'd never heard before. And I don't think I've actually heard the word transfer e ever. Hmm. You know, it's the person that something is delivered slash transferred to. Right. And I don't think I've ever used that inside of a sentence. In fact, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, typically I can very quickly conjure a sentence that's utilizing a vocabulary word. And right now I can't push my brain to think of something how transfer E would be used, except maybe that the cancer glove would then be impacted upon the transferee. 
And that's the first time I've ever used that word well, outside yeah. of describing it inside of this instance. The uh, formal definition where it says here in noun, as per law, someone to whom a title or property is conveyed. So there's your first one. The second one reads, someone who transfers or is transferred from one position to another. Interesting. And then the third usage here is very interesting. A person who receives something, i.e., the transferee of the cancer-ridden glove. Go check it out over at the show notes over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com and let us know what vocabulary you found inside of this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Ah, the rating inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, season one, episode 12, Faith Healer. The scale works thusly. 10 is on top of the chart. A gallant Jack standing in the middle of a ship having broken free of all of his ropey bonds. One is on the bottom. A bullet-ridden body of a man who was already feigning power. Everything starts as a 7 in the middle for average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick... There are no halvesies. Nick, what have you got? I keep going back and forth in my head uh, during this podcast because <laughs> I keep on going, no, this is my rating. No, this is my rating. No, I'll go back to that rating. There is hardly anything wrong with this episode if you just look at it on the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, mm-hmm. the only real ding for me is the fact that uh, it's another transference episode. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. And... It's all it's a it's a glove episode, which we've seen. It's only one glove and it's a nice shiny white glove instead of two big boxing gloves. But again, it is something similar to what we've seen before. If this were season two, I wouldn't be harping on that so much because so many episodes have come before that it it is expected that it would be a retread. But when you have double retread in your twelfth episode, I got to give a ding there. So unfortunately, instead of what I wanted to give this episode, I'm giving it a a nine. No, don't interrupt me. (laughs) Sorry. Because now they can't hear my nine over your three, which makes it a 12. (laughs) My rating of a nine. I think that's a really good number for this episode. There's a lot of value here. I think if a traditional viewer of television especially a newer one were to watch this they'd get a much lower number the giant benefit though is that you and i can look at this and recognize the quality that's being used especially by cronenberg inside this episode right yeah and i i find a lot of value there as well especially that ability to not have to invade silence because it's Mm -hmm. a piece of mandated requirement to satisfy attention span i love that piece of this episode completely i give this episode an eight. That's where we ask you, what did you give this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, season one, episode 12, Faith Healer? Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side of the page. Fill out that quick web form and tell us what you think. We have high hopes that you will never be sitting in a line of the forlorn waiting for the power of the glove to heal you. Until then, 
Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. I have herpes. The oh, trans- good, Nick. No, no. I'm using Let's it. Let's be in, sure to I'm rip that you free. In a word. I'm, I'm using it in a sentence since you can't do it without <laughs> related to the episode. My No, how about this? My buddy has herpes. <laughs> the transferee was an unclean girl. See? There you go. No. Oh, yes, that does work. Although no, it's transferee. odd. Yeah. I got nothing, Mike. Thank you. Come again. Have a great night. Bye-bye. What are we talking about here? I got nothing.